0: So today we uh, leap into an eight week series uh, called Amen. It's all about prayer. We'll be using the Lord's Prayer as a framework for the eight weeks. And I I should let you know that this series comes out of my teaching uh, on what's called the prayer course that I did before Easter. I had both an online and an in-person version of the course going. And we walked through some pretty awesome stuff together that I believe that we can all benefit from. And we saw God move in response to prayer. The prayer course uh comes out of material produced by pete gregg a pastor from just outside of london england and his book how to pray a simple guide for normal people and hey most of us are normal i think so this stuff is for us and especially as we wrestle with and struggle with life in the middle of this third wave of the pandemic and it's been a tough week a really tough week for many and a, an excruciating week if you're in the restaurant or gym or a few other businesses. And the battle that rages on between those who believe that the government is not doing enough, not being strict enough, and others who are horrified by the restrictions on our liberties and the impact that these restrictions have on the mental health of all of us and especially our kids. You know the arguments. Uh, you may have even made an argument or two and posted that on your social media. On one hand, there is hope that vaccines will bring relief, while on the other hand, uh, the COVID infection rate just continues to rise. The light that we are beginning to see at the end of the tunnel is growing a bit dark, but friends, there is light, there is always light. Oh, and by the way, if you follow me on social media, you will know that I posted something to the effect. I drank the Kool-Aid and got the Pfizer vaccine. Now to see when I become a puppet of the government. My son suggested that I keep my firmware up to date now that I'm controlled by Bill Gates, to which I added, with sincere apologies to those who have serious, authentic concerns about vaccinations, because the whole vaccination deal has people on either side as well. Now, a lot of people responded to the humor of my post with their own humor, I particularly appreciated a response from Tim Bowen. Tim's a former firefighter here in Fort McMurray who just happens to also be the head of the Libertarian Party of Canada. And he said, I'm a Pfizer bro too, Doug. No government strings on me yet, as I would expect to hear from a good Libertarian boy. And he sent me this meme that I will just leave there. I mean. What a conflicted time to be alive and what an emotionally draining time to be alive. And in a day like this, I can't think of a better thing than for us to take a cue from the disciples of Jesus and learn how to draw near to God through prayer. The Apostle Luke, he wrote this in the introduction he made to the Lord's Prayer. He writes, one day, Jesus was praying in a certain place, When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father. So yeah, we we need God to teach us to pray. So what I wanna do with the time that remains as we ask God to teach us to pray is just to spend a few moments uh, focusing on who this father is that we're praying to. And then uh, I wanna tell you what I hope is an encouraging story about how God as my personal father has moved in my life as kind of an introduction to where we'll be going for the rest of this series. So the question I want to ask today as we start, as as kind of an introduction to this whole series is, what kind of Father is God? What is He really like? Why do I call Him Father and and what does that mean? Uh, Let me outline four characteristics of God as our Father that the writers of the Bible talk about. Number one, our God. He is a caring Father. He is loving, considerate, compassionate. He is a caring Father. Number two, God is a consistent father. He's reliable, dependable, you can count on him. He's not fickle. Number three, God is a close father. He's not aloof, far away. He's not distant. He's close, closer than you think, much closer than you imagine. Number four, God is a capable father. There's nothing too hard for him. No no problem is too difficult that he can't handle. Yeah, God is a caring father. He wants you to know that you are loved and care for. I mean, if you don't get anything else out of today, get this. You matter to God. God cares about you. He loves you. He's interested in you. King David wrote in the Psalms, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on, on those who love him. This is God's most outstanding uh, characteristic. He is caring, loving, compassionate. And then, our God, he's a a consistent father. That is, he's reliable. He can be counted on. He's dependable. He's, He's worthy of trust. The Apostle James says, every good and perfect gift is from the father who does not change like the shifting shadows. Some fathers are unpredictable. They're fickle. You know, a, a lot of teens say, I, I never know what to expect from my dad. I, I, I can't figure him out. Depending on the mood he's in, one minute he's silent, the next he's violent. One minute he's tough, the next he's easy. I, I just can't figure him out. Inconsistent fathers produce insecure kids. Friends, our God is a consistent father. He is not moody. He never has a bad day. He never wakes up grouchy. Okay, I can't resist. A wife asked do you wake up grouchy in the morning? She answered, no, I usually let him sleep. God is never grouchy. He is not moody. He he loves you just as much on your day off as he does on your day on, your good days, your bad days because he's consistent. It's not based on who you are, it's based on who he is. And he is a close father. The writers of the Bible make it very clear that he's nearby when you need him. He's available, he's accessible. The apostle Paul wants us to understand that God is never far away, that that he is everywhere. So he writes, God did this. He made himself known so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. God is not like thousands of kilometers away. He's right here. He's here with you. If you open up your life to him, he'll be in you in your life. When we pray, he's right there listening to us always. And lastly, our God is a capable father. Nothing is beyond his ability, his resources. I mean, nothing ever taxes him. Whatever problem you've got at home, at work, at school, God can handle it. He is a capable father. It was the angel Gabriel who the apostle Luke quotes, for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible. God is capable. The Apostle Paul writes, God is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, uh, thoughts, or hopes. God says, you know, you think of the biggest thing that you can think of, and hey, I can top that. Think of the biggest problem you can give me, and, and I can handle it. Think of the biggest request you'd like to make, and I can meet it, because he is a capable father. God wants to meet your needs. He he wants you to stop looking everywhere else to have those needs met. He, He wants you to look to him. Again, the words of Paul, my God shall supply all of your needs. That means everything, finances, health, work, and on down, all your needs. So when we pray our father, we are praying to a caring father. He is a consistent father. Our Father in Heaven is a close Father, and He is a capable Father. And with that uh, in mind, I want to tell you a little bit of my own story of how our Father God uh, worked uh, to bring me to Fort City. I I like to retell this story from time to time because for me it's a really powerful story of the loving, consistent work of my Heavenly Father, who was close to me, who has always been consistently there for me through the years. And it's a story about prayer and about how God communicates to us and, and how our God is lovingly involved in our lives. Let me take you back 14 years to the year 2007. I had been the lead pastor at Redwood Park Church in Thunder Bay for not quite 16 years yet. A guy by the name of, of Jeff, who was a YWAM worker from Dalat, Malaysia, that's Youth with a Mission that Matt, Steph, and Dulcie also served with, he was visiting his hometown of Thunder Bay. God had given him a very unique prayer ministry, including the gift of encouraging prophetic insight as he prayed for you. Jeff is one of less than a handful of people in my life who God has given supernatural insight into the journey God was leading me on. And God used him real powerfully to affirm my spiritual gifts and talents. He spoke very powerfully into my life as to why God had called me to serve at Redwood Park Church. But then he told me, that God wanted me to prepare for a transition, not not necessarily immediately, but I needed to prepare my heart for a new and very challenging ministry that he had for me uh, sometime in the future. And and I needed this word because it was to a ministry that I would not instantly gravitate to. It it would involve some growth that would not be comfortable in the process, and, and he attached some awesome promises of how God would work through all of this. I was very content leading Red Park Park Church. I loved the ministry there. So that meant I just hung on to the encouraging words that Jeff spoke to me, and and I kind of shelved the words that I might at some point in time transition from that church to another ministry. Jeff and I, we had never met before. We didn't know each other but the prophetic word that he shared with me about my gifts, talents, and calling included details that he could not have known on his own apart from God directly revealing that to him. The nature of that prophetic prayer was so accurate about my gifts and calling that I could only receive it as a direct word from my Heavenly Father, who loved me and cared deeply for me, cared so deeply that he wanted to prepare me for a transition. He knew how attached I was to the church I was serving, that he wanted to let me know well in advance that he had other plans for me, that another assignment would be coming up. I have experienced this kind of word in times of transition transition before, where God has miraculously spoken to me almost years before the transition was to happen. He's a caring father that way. And and these words of Jeff, they sort of hung around me, but as I said, I I held on to the encouraging words about why I was at that church at the time and and kind of avoided thinking about transition. Then about uh, four years later, my district superintendent, who in our church family, the Christian Missionary Alliance, he kind of serves as my boss and coach. He challenged me strongly. Now, he would not consider himself prophetically gifted, but this was really a prophetic word. He challenged me saying, Doug, you are living at ease in Redwood, coasting on all of the victories of almost 20 years there. You have it good. But you really need to take what you've done here and take what you've learned and put it into a new setting, a a church plant or revitalizing a church that needs to turn around. If you stay at Redwood much longer, you're just going to stagnate and that won't be healthy for you or for Redwood. He was a bit aggressive as he spoke and I reacted a little defensively about the idea that I would be stagnant. I love the church. I love the city. Hey, I shot my first moose just outside of Thunder Bay. That's where I developed my addiction to hunting and the shooting sports. I couldn't imagine going anywhere else. And the church, you know, that, that had emerged uh, was, was kind of unique in the Christian Missionary Alliance. So grace-oriented, uh, not legalistic or rules-bound like so many churches are. Uh, a, a great place for women to emerge as leaders. Such a safe place for ordinary, everyday people to encounter the dangerous, life-changing message of Jesus. I, I really didn't want to go anywhere else. You, you've heard me talk about the... Holy Spirit is the wild goose, that you just don't know where the wild goose might take you, that his ways are unpredictable, that they're not always safe and comfortable, but, but they're always good. Yeah, this was turning into a bit of a wild goose deal. So now I have two guys who have spoken pretty powerfully into my life, like prophetically into my life, and it begins to be, yeah, it really begins to become more than obvious that my time at Redwood is done, and it's time to see what God has for me next. So I'm thrust into a time of intense prayer, seeking God. I'm big on the spiritual discipline of journaling, writing out prayer requests, journaling answers, and journaling what I sense God might be speaking to me. And this led me as I prayed to begin to formulate a list of what my heart yearned for in my next ministry. Some of that list was just me saying, God, if you want me to move, if this is really what you want, uh, here's, here's some of the things that I would like in the next move. But I am in prayer as I'm writing this list, so there is this sense that, that God and I are having a conversation that, that he might even be part of this list. It really was an awesome time of me seeking God, sharing my heart with my Father, and perhaps him shaping my thoughts as well. And I ended up listing 12 things that I was seeking or, or that I believe God might have for me for my next ministry. To, to give you a bit of an idea, let me just list a few of them. Number one, I, I wanted to be in a place that was ready for change, that was ready to grow. I was, I was looking for a ministry with clear potential uh, for, for kingdom growth. Um, because, you know, so many churches and ministries are either in locations or just have attitudes uh, that really block growth. Well, God can work anywhere. Uh, I really wanted a vibrant, exciting city full of opportunity, a growing city that had the potential to impact the world with a, a church family that had the right attitude to embrace those opportunities. Secondly, I was looking for a ministry with an evident willingness to become missional and pay the price to embrace the unchurched. In my previous ministry, I had had a lot of opportunity to travel the country and connect with a lot of different churches. What I found is that the majority of evangelical churches are stuck serving those who are already believers and they're not willing to pay the price, the high price of taking the high risk to reach people far from Jesus. I was looking for a ministry that would not be terrified about working with real, normal, everyday people. Thirdly, a willingness to be a community that is marked by grace, as as well as freedom from all of that religious stuff that gets in the way of connecting with average Canadians, including Canadian immigrants. I just knew that I could not survive in an average status quo evangelical church where what you do on the outside is more important than who you are on the inside. You know, a church where you can't drink, dance, smoke or chew or go around with girls that do. I mean, God just has not wired me to be like that. I need raw and authentic. And should I admit that I included on my list a setting that would allow me to pursue my outdoor passions like hunting, fishing, and the shooting sports. Yep, I put that on the list too. I think you see where it's going, eh? I mean, isn't God crazy, scary, and wonderful? As soon as word got out that I was open to a transition, I was contacted by uh, Briarcris Family of Schools, their college and seminary just outside of Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. And I was invited to become the dean of the seminary there. It's another story for another day, but all of my friends thought, that's it. That's really the next logical step for Doug. Take all of his experience as a pastor and use it to train pastors. And the offer, it really did appeal. But then a guy by the name of Terry Young called me. He'd been a pastor at First Alliance in Calgary, was in a time of transition himself, and he was serving as the interim lead pastor here at Fort City to help this church find a permanent lead pastor. So Terry Young called me, and I laughed. You gotta be kidding me. Terry called me again in a few weeks, and he said, why don't you simply come up for an All expenses paid, almost like a vacation, Doug, to the financial engine of the country. Yeah, in the middle of January. Dog, Doug, it's okay. Just, just meet with the board and do some seminar work with them and tell them just a little bit of your story at Redwood. They would be so encouraged by it. Just come and explore uh, a city, a region with, with absolutely no obligation to think about our need for a new lead pastor. We'd just be encouraged if you'd come and visit us. And even though they were fishing for a new pastor, and even though I knew it was a bit of a plot, I agreed to go just to be a bit of a consultant and to have fun exploring a part of the world, a part of the country I'd never been to. These were boom days then here in Fort McMurray, so sure, I'd love to come and see this boom town. I wanted to see Mildred Lake, where the news had said Syncrude had murdered hundreds of ducks and... Any picture of Fort McMurray back in the day that came over the media, right, it included pictures of diggers in the oil can. So I sure needed to see that site, you know. Some of you will remember that very reputable place. Others of you will have to ask an old-timer, and an old-timer is anybody who's been here at least eight years or so. So I came up in January of 2012 with no intention of ending up here. And it just went downhill from there. I went to my first Fort City Wings night. It was awesome. The conversation went from faith to what kind of guns do I own to what real trucks look like and why my truck needed to be lifted to pranks these guys did in days gone by, back to faith. It was awesome. Sunday, I spoke at Fort City, and the response to the message I gave about risk and adventure was was totally overwhelming. Hey, I even threw in a comment about cigars, and a small group of guys let out a small little cheer. That wouldn't have happened in my previous church, just saying. And God just turned up powerfully in the message. And by the end of that weekend in January, I was praying, oh, God, what are you doing? No, God, you're not doing what I think you might be doing. And then it occurred to me, the prayer list. Everything that I was asking God for for my next ministry, all 12 things can be found here. No, 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 God, that can't be true. This is impossible. Oh, yes, it is. In the place that I thought was least likely to be an answer to my prayer was Fort City Church. Can you imagine writing a list of your dreams for the future, but finding out that your dream means going to a place you never thought that you'd go to, a place that you're totally unfamiliar with, where all of your friends are saying, Doug, don't go there. And your daughter is saying, Dad, Dad, come on. You wouldn't do that to our mom, would you? Jesus said to his disciples, when you pray, say, Our Father. And when I prayed to our Father, What happened? Well, I prayed to a caring father who had a good plan for my life. I prayed to a consistent father who wasn't just about my comfort and ease, but my growth. I prayed to a close father, a loving father, who understood that I would need Jeff and my district superintendent to speak powerfully into my life as a, a way to get my attention. And he is a capable father who arranged everything to perfectly fall into place. And so I arrived here nine years ago, and I have loved this city and this church more than any other ministry I've ever served in. It's crazy because it's also been the toughest, wildest ministry I've ever been a part of. I mean a wildfire, two major economic downturns with a, you know an oil price collapse. My home, which I thought was my retirement plan, has lost 300000 in value, although apparently it may have just leapt up in the past year by 30000 There's hope. Throw in a couple of floods. Oh, and the population, you know, it's dropped from 120,000 to 75,000. And yeah, and we're still in the middle of a pandemic that won't end. I mean, what's not to love about ministry here? And I do love it. I love it with all of its challenges. God's energized me or he's wired me to be energized by challenges. He knew what he was doing and he used prayer my prayer as well as the prayer and the prophetic words of others to help get me here. Friends, in these next weeks, I I want to invite you into a journey where you get to know our Father deeply and intimately through prayer, where you experience the power of prayer, where you experience a God who cares for you, your family, uh, your life here in Fort McMurray, uh, a God who has a good plan for your life. So I want to challenge you to begin to dream big and pray hard and find some time, even five minutes a day to pray, to pray for your family, to pray for your personal life, pray for how God would use you to make a difference and pray for your church. I have learned that prayer is powerful, that God is good. He's not always safe, but he's sure good that he's a caring father, a consistent father, a close father, a capable father. And we're going to spend the next eight weeks getting to know our father and learning how to pray, learning how to hear his voice, learning how to experience answers to prayer, even learning how to deal with unanswered prayer, learning how to engage in some unseen spiritual warfare. All that is coming in the next weeks but would you take the five minute challenger more if you can and start to pour out your heart to God in prayer at some point of your day, and then listen for his still small voice as he responds to you? Will you leap into this adventure called prayer and learn that God really is good all the time, even in the middle of the mess of this pandemic? With that, would you let me pray for you? Lord, we're asking, Would you teach us how to pray? And as we pray, would you help us to connect deeply and intimately with our Father who cares, who walks with us consistently, who's always close by, who's capable, who who can do more than we would ever ask or imagine? Grow our faith as we reach out to you and allow you to invade every aspect of our lives as we give our hopes and dreams over to you and and see what amazing things that you will do in our lives through our hopes and dreams. God, you are good, even when the world is dark. And this week, we commit to drawing closer to you, finding strength and joy to live lives that flourish because of our relationship with you. We pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.